everybody. Alex Shaw with uh, Scott Risk Performance. And then two of my comrades, one, one who was a ship in the night um, as I started at Scott. And I got a, a brief intro to and a bit of training. Ed Bonkemeyer, who used to operate out of our Greensboro office. And, and as always, our mainstay, Jimbo Red. How you guys doing? Hey, doing, Alex. You forgot to mention this was the Risk Matters podcast. I did a little bit by design, frankly. I think about all the podcasts I listen to, and, and and they never tell you what podcast you're listening to because if you've clicked on the podcast, the assumption might be that you know what podcast you're listening to. <laughs> well, we we're we're uh, we're honored to have uh, one of our former teammates on board, uh, Ed Bonkemeyer, and we got to squeeze this in because Ed's busy in retirement playing uh, all sorts of ball games and um so welcome ed oh thank you glad to be here so ed you um how long were you a part of the risk performance group at, at scott uh let's see 2002 to 2014 12 years okay and, and before that maybe actually let's let's go a few iterations before 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 that where Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, and how you got started, maybe even, even prior to be professionally, just a little bit of your, your life story and then how all of that evolved and fell into place for you to land at, at Scott. Well, I grew up in a, a small town not far from Greensboro, the greater Greensboro area. And um, grew up with uh, two brothers. Uh, I was the oldest, the best, of course. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we uh, we were we were all very active in sports growing up, playing a lot of baseball and uh, basketball and whatnot. So I've always enjoyed sports, and uh, and went to school, uh, East Carolina University. I got a degree in industrial technology, and uh, got a little bit of taste of safety in that in that background. Uh, and then uh, then I had to. Uh, fulfilled a military duty. So I was, I was a year or so after I graduated uh, doing uh, basic training in the, in the Army National Guard. So and after that, I, I um, yeah, you know, and up to that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to do as far as a professional career. And I kind of just stumbled onto risk control. Uh, and I started interviewing different companies uh, looking for a job. And uh, the more I talked to them, the more I liked like the sound of that uh, that field and so I took a job with a national insurance carrier uh, one that uh, was they're pretty good so I think they're like the fourth largest commercial carrier in the country at the time fireman's fund and uh, 30 years later I was still with them so I worked for them for 30 years uh, moved around a little bit uh, started off in the Greensboro branch uh, got promoted, moved to Louisville, Kentucky. I was there for six years. Then we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, and moved on to Columbus, Ohio, and finally got a chance to move back home to Greensboro. So moved around a little bit, uh, about twelve year period there. Well, well, Ed, when you when you got back to Greensboro, uh, how long how long had you been gone for? And as I as I remember right sort of before you, you came to Scott, the, the, the job that you had, or at least, um, you know, the way that you went about things was, was maybe a little bit different than it had been in the past. Is that right? That's right. And, and as a lot of companies do, Fireman's Fund changed over those years that I worked with them. Uh, 
and yeah they were they were moving away about as quick as they could from any kind of uh, challenging workers compensation and workers comp was kind of my forte but it was it was what i really focused on and so the the job got less challenging and what they expected you know the biggest difference is that you know when you work for an insurance carrier your client isn't the insured your your client is the underwriting department yeah so and that's that's just not a good position to be in um and and you know most clients clients that are smart realize that so that when you show up to see them they don't really you know they're not really excited about you being there anyway and uh and the other thing is that you know with an insurance carrier you're only in you only know you're going to have that account for 12 months so all you can work on really are short-term goals you can't work on anything long term or uh, very meaningful for that matter uh, so that's uh, that kind of took away a lot of the, the joy of doing what we do. So did you uh, did you wear your fireman's hat when you went in for these calls? <laughs> no, but I had one. <laughs> I had. I think I still have it somewhere. <laughs> so what, what what would you describe sort of your relationship with with clients in your in your carrier days? Because I think in your latter days, you were sort of at least as the way I remember it you were given a little more autonomy to sort of work with your clients a little bit more, maybe. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the ones that we could really uh, kind of get involved with were what we called national accounts, big national companies uh, that, uh, you know, a little bit more sophisticated. But we still had to do all the underwriting, uh, underwriting reports, and that sort of thing, which was a, a drudgery. Uh, but, um, and like I said, they, the company just changed so much, and I didn't want to change with it. <laughs> I didn't like the direction they were going in. So, But anyway, I was uncomfortable. Though. I wasn't really looking for other employment because, you know, they had been a, they had been good, a good employer, and I'd done well with them over the years. So, so what, was your, what was your perception during that time? I mean, there probably weren't a whole lot of brokers and agents that really had risk control services. Um, and so did you interact with any of those folks at all very much or? Yeah, a few of them, like you say, there weren't very many of them. And, uh, they, um, they were, we, we could get along pretty good. I mean, we didn't have any problems with them. Um, if we, if they were working on things, uh, they were, to, you know, they would, uh, we, could, we could supplement them and they could supplement us. So that, that wasn't really a, a relationship problem. And did, did you, um, I mean, when did you, I mean, because it seemed like to me, I don't even remember exactly when it sort of became more common. I mean, we, I kind of view the advent of risk performance at Scott as somewhere around 94, 95. And, I don't really remember when it, it seemed like all of a sudden the majority of our competitors were offering some type of risk control or claims management resources. Do you, do you have a sense for that? Well, they, I, I don't think they still do. I think the, you know, the really the difference with Scott was the generation group captive program. Uh, that was, and that's really, the main reason I came to work for Scott that really intrigued me. Um, so that was that was like uh, you know an opportunity to 
to do the part of the job that I enjoyed the most all the time instead of just you know, hit and miss. So uh, that was a whole different ball game. Yeah, I tend to I tend to see the uh, the services offered from a loss control perspective from the broker side essentially mirror that of loss control from the carrier to which I, I'm always interested because um, that there seems to be some redundancy there. And if, if I'm a client, I'm thinking about uh, potentially partnering with somebody who looks at, at risk through a, a little bit different lens. And, and I think one of the differences at Scott is the age old saying that treatment without diagnosis is malpractice. So um, when you, Ed, as you talk about getting to know clients and actually serve clients and get into the gritty kind of more difficult work where um, you're investigating organizations, priorities, their competing interests, their politics, um, their personalities, and, and trying to figure out what, what forces of culture are influencing whatever outcome they're getting, whether it be positive or negative. Maybe could you talk a little bit about your approach? Because I think it was I think it was pretty unique when you first started um, the way you went about really diagnosing and getting to know clients. Um, from what I've gathered, you, you took a, a pretty interesting perspective, particularly from someone who had a background in 30 years in loss control. It, it's an it's an approach I wouldn't have maybe expected, but but you really led the charge here at Scott with that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, most brokers agents that have a risk control person their focus is probably 90 percent regulatory compliance which you know that's the easiest part of the job the most boring part of the job too but uh but anyway i mean that that's not that that's not necessary sometimes but that's it was such a welcome for me to not have to really focus on that i mean if that's your thing that's fine you know but uh, i say Get, get in compliance and then move on to what really matters. Uh, but, uh, and there's, I think what you're talking about too, there's a long, there's a pretty long learning curve when you start working with a client that either you haven't been introduced to before or it's a new Scott client. Uh, there's a learning curve to learn, you know, before you start doing things, you really need to take a lot of time to learn about how they operate, you know, how things get done within their culture. How, how decisions are made and and just what uh, you know what their um, goals are so that's uh, and that can take you know, it depends on the, the the client but that can take uh, quite a while sometimes uh, and the, the longer you work with them of course the more you you almost feel like part of their culture and you know you know how to how to introduce a new idea you know how things are going to get done how they're not going to get done so you got to really you know, take yourself outside of your world and get into their world. Yeah, we, we, uh, I think in the, in the, in the safety and risk world, there are unique positions where I find more than almost any other, potentially folks are trying to, to prove their value and prove their worth. And in, in many ways, what they end up doing is creating activities and exercises to justify a little bit of the existence. And, and, and so what I typically see is this this inclination to constantly fix. So we had a, I was meeting with a new client last week and we were walking the job with their CFO and, and their, their superintendents and their team. And they're asking, you know, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And I just, I kind of jokingly, I said, you know, I don't kiss on the first date. In other words, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here to learn and to observe with the assumption that you guys are obviously doing a heck of a lot right and really, really well. 
and potentially I can learn something from that um, to, to help myself and to help other clients. But um, by no means do I want to inspect a job the first, the second, the third, or the fourth time that I'm going out. It's all about meeting the people, meeting the superintendents, interfacing with the work, seeing the nuance involved with that so that you can be competent to some degree so that when you do advise, it comes from a position of, of knowledge instead of assumption, if you will. Now, when you worked with folks, how many points of contact did you have at your best with, with, with different clients, um, you know, within their organization? Oh, it's, uh, you know, it, it varied from a few to a lot. It's just, uh, you know, the, the longer you're engaged with a company, <clears throat> the more people you're going to have contact with. But there's always, I guess, a handful of people that are your key contacts that hopefully it's the decision makers or at least the influencers. But uh, the other part, I think companies welcome what we're talking about. You know, the, after they get comfortable and understand you're not there to, you know, get them in trouble or whatnot, I think they welcome the fact that you um, respect them enough to, you know, be the student and let them be the teacher. Mm. Uh, so that's a, that's a good approach. And, and that's important, too. Like I said, you got to you got to learn more about them before you could even, you know, offer any ideas of your own pretty much. But, um, well, one of the things I, pe I see people struggle with a, a little bit, Ed, and I'd be interested in your feedback, that, that being the student as you described it and, and, and spending a lot of time getting to know a client is, you know, is, is not all that structured, frankly. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a tendency to go, what, what are you going to, what are you going to do for them? What are you going to do for them? And how, how, how did you get around that? Or, you know, what, how did you spend time with them without having a specific agenda necessarily? As far as the clients, I don't think they really necessarily, well, I guess that some of them do they expected you to, you know, have instant results or instant, you know, solutions. Um, but um, basically, you know, you're just trying to earn their trust. And when they, when they feel comfortable with you, then you can introduce, you know, whatever tools you, you want to introduce. And, and we had quite a, quite a myriad of, uh, of tools and resources that uh, many of which you developed yourself, Jimbo, um, in our toolbox. I know one of your favorite sayings used to be, don't, don't show up and dump the toolbox all at once. Yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't heard that one yet. I've been at Scott a little, I guess a little over six, six years, I think. Um, yeah. And, and that is one I've heard Jimbo say a lot. That's one I haven't heard. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't dump the toolbox. I got, I got the mad cow, so I don't remember everything. <laughs> you know, so you know, Ed, talk, talk about um, your relationship with, with, I mean, primarily, I think you, you worked largely with Brett. You also worked with, with Eric a fair amount, I think. Mm -hmm. talk, talk about your interaction and relationship with, with producers and what role they played and whether that was beneficial and, and just sort of that relationship maybe as compared to the kind of relationship that maybe you had with an underwriter. Um, uh, <laughs> there's no comparison. Yeah, with underwriters, it was uh, a lot of times it was arbitrary, you know, depending on what the market was like. They may not like what you had to say about an account because they want to write it regardless or, or they, um, you know, they don't want an account. They have an opinion of their own and 
sometimes we were on conflicting sides, but with uh, with Scott producers, uh, it was nothing but teamwork, especially Brett and Eric. You mentioned, uh, yeah, they were great to work with, and still are, I'm sure. Um, but they, uh, in fact, Brett was the reason I came to work for Scott. He he first contacted me, and uh, and he just kind of floated the idea. And when he first called me, um, you know, I was doing fine where I was and I really wasn't looking or anything. So I said, well, thanks, but I don't think so. And then a couple of weeks later, I decided I should call him back and talk a little bit more. And the more I learned about the company, the better I liked it. So, uh, but yeah, when we worked with, uh, we couldn't do without the producers. Uh, for one thing, they, they can get us into the door. And for the other thing, they, they have our backing as far as, you know, uh, letting the client know that we're, we're not going there to, do harm we're there to help them and and we're not there uh just every every now and then but we're available as needed so they um and they understood what we did pretty well i think uh, over the years you and others have done a great job of uh, making sure they understand what our role is and what our role isn't well i think that i think that's good i mean i think you i mean what, what's amazing about your run at scott is is that I mean, you came from a background that, that was sort of the opposite, a lot of structure, a lot of sort of working to serve underwriting purposes, writing a bunch of reports, you know, doing a lot of office work, um, and, and, and not really feeling a lot of the value that you get when clients appreciate what you're doing um, and the relationships that you really develop. Um, but I see that as a struggle for a lot of people. Um, they have a hard time making that transition. And for somebody who was sort of living that for 30 years to, you know, kind of make a big pivot. I'm just, what, what, what do you think, what is it about you that, that made that work so well? Well, that was, that was an issue. And then I was working with Fireman's Fund, like I said, they were a big company. One time we had like, 3,500 employees nationwide. So a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of organizational structural challenges. That's one reason I moved around a couple of times because they reorganized and then they didn't like the way they reorganized, they reorganized again. So uh, I, yeah, you're right. It was just, uh, I was there way too long. I wish I'd come to Scott a lot sooner. Um, it was just, uh, a real relief to get away from all of that. And uh, Scott, you, you, you're free to come up with your own ideas and do things your own way. And uh, you're the perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, Ed, one, one of the reputations that you had at, at Scott in your later years was that, that, uh, that you were a little set in your ways. And when, <laughs> when someone would, would give you, uh, a piece of the cake that that you didn't want you didn't you didn't mind pushing back on that yeah i guess maybe that comes with age i don't know but yeah uh, <laughs> well it's, uh, it was a great ride though i enjoyed it and I, you know after i retired i still worked for about six years uh my my, my semi-annual trips to florida to serve some clients down there that i had before i retired so yeah, we, we worked up in there yeah we forgot to mention ed was a, a bit of a free agent for the last few years and actually he called me 
what was it, a couple months ago. And uh, and he was beating around the bush a fair amount. <laughs> and, and he wanted to let me know that uh, his golf, pickleball, and tennis schedules were being compromised, and he was – he was ready to go into complete retirement, which, which I was, yeah. you know, very happy for him to do. So, um, yeah, we'll, have we'll, my second retirement. Yeah, we'll we'll miss that element of your involvement, but uh, we want you to, you know, we don't want to interrupt your um, your retirement happiness. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, and there are it, we'll, we'll round this out. Um, you know, it's it just. I think it's 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 really cool the legacy you left here because it it to the degree you know we've talked about how there's not a lot of framework you have to create and be innovative on your you know, just kind of whatever your interest is. You know, I, I ran into Hutch um, in the office uh, last week and he said, "Man, you know what I love about your group? Y your group is just the do stuff group. You guys just go out and you interact with clients and you do stuff and you create." Um, compelling kind of um, compelling stories about um, those interfaces and, and the, the impacts and um, and the way we go about it is is I think in industry relatively unique um, so the legacy you've left I mean there's there's different tools like best bets and um, that you you know that were created and that you really leveraged to to, to improve and en enhance the risk profile of a lot of clients and um, so ju just so you know, I've, I've used those resources, those proof sources. Eric Cronus has introduced me to a lot of your work that's hidden and, you know, in the annals of the S drive and, you know, and saved. And um, so I appreciate, I, I appreciate you setting a good amount of the stage for, for me. Um, but to that end, what, I, I hate to ask the question of like, you know, what's your favorite memory? Cause I, I think those types of questions are a little overblown. I, my sense is that change, development, experiences are all about the small, little incremental steps. But so you can you can take it either way you want. What what are kind of the small, little experiences you had at Scott and with clients that that left an imprint on you? Or you could take it as what's the big one you remember that that you thought, man, that was really impactful and and, uh, and meaningful to me. Hmm, that's a good question. I I don't really. No one thing jumps out at me as being the big one, uh, but you know what I really what I really enjoyed about Scott was that they truly served the client, which I've already kind of talked about. But uh, they're client focused, and uh, I um, and I really enjoyed working with the captive captive members. Uh, so you know they truly uh, engage with risk performance. Um, of course, they're spending their own money, so who wouldn't? But anyway, hopefully, I mean, it's a, it was a really uh, enjoyable interaction. Well, Ed, it was uh, it was nice to have you on here. You're a you're a legend uh, of the Scott lore, and uh, I think it's it's good for people to get a little perspective of you know the the folks that help 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 build what we have today and. Um, you know, hopefully we're, we're continuing to grow and, and, and expand the group, but um, we certainly couldn't have done it without um, people like you who, who really made it, made it work and made it successful as one of the, one of the early members of the team and, 
um, I think showed some of the key people at Scott of, of what it could be. And, um, you know, I think uh, your, your legacy lives on. And, um, you know, I, I, I think um, Jacob is, is, is doing a, doing a admirable job of, of, of um, continuing to serve a lot of those clients in a, in a meaningful way. So um, we're glad that you were, able to take a few minutes and, and share with us and we'll give you the last word. Uh, thank you for the, thank you for the kind words there, Jimbo. Um, I, the last word is that, Hey, I'm not dead yet. So if anybody wants to contact me, feel free to. <laughs> uh, and I do keep in touch with the, the local people here at Scott, uh, real close with Scott Thomas. Um, so I'll, I'll be I'll be seeing all of those folks on a regular basis, and uh, hopefully I even get to see some of the clients every now and then. Yeah, well, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ed, for taking the time this morning. It's good to good to see you, and I know uh, I know you got a tea time to <laughs> attend to. So thanks for squeezing us in, and and uh, hope you have a great great week. Thanks so much for just the conversation this morning. Great. Thanks you. Thanks for having me.